the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. Terrorists around the world should know the United States and our allies are resolved to find you and bring you to justice. Secretary Mattis and I are grateful for the opportunity today to host Foreign Minister Kono and Defense Minister Onodero today. The bonds of America and Japan have forged over previous decades. Will and then he's going endure. back into typical diplomatic stuff. But I appreciate the strong statement from the Secretary of State as we monitor an ongoing terror situation in Barcelona and joining us to help understand and and kind of put wrap our heads around this because these these are the kinds of things that mystify us, I think, and frighten us every single day. Uh, Ryan Morrow is joining us. Ryan, it's been a while since we've talked. I'm I'm really glad you had room on your schedule today. How are you, sir? And welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I'm doing uh, as well as you can on a day like this. Um, It's bad. I I know the latest news is that there might be a hostage situation at a Turkish restaurant, um, but we're not getting many updates on that situation or that part of the situation. Well, you're you're ahead of us, Ryan. Uh, For those of you that didn't hear Ryan when he was on with us before, he's a Shillman Fellow, National Security Analyst at the Clarion Project. And uh, also associate producer of that documentary, Faith Keeper. So we're we're happy you're here. You've heard there may be a hostage situation at a Turkish restaurant. Is that the restaurant they saw the gunman running into? Uh, I assume so. Uh, they said, yeah, two armed men inside of a restaurant um, after the vehicle ramming. And then I'm seeing that the police... Um, have found a second van, which I don't know if that means there's try- they're saying that there were two vans taking part in the ramming attack, or if they meant there were two vans, meaning one closer to the restaurant than one at the attack scene. Um, but as we always know, when there's a terror attack like this, there's always some significant detail that ends up being incorrect. Um, so I-, I would not rule out the possibility of it actually only being one attacker as opposed to two, um, or something else, but nonetheless, that we are looking at, according to the reports, two incidents, one of the vehicle running into the crowd and then an apparent hostage situation at a restaurant. Yeah, because we're not getting much, uh, you know, in in terms of of reports on this. If this had happened, God forbid, in an American city, there would be live coverage from about two inches away. But the Spanish authorities seem to have put this entire quadrant on lockdown since noon our time. And we're not seeing much inside. There have been a couple of those graphic videos leaked, but we're not seeing much inside. When, when you talk about that second van, they usually, at least from, from some of the analysts I've talked to, there, there will be a front van now and a almost a getaway type vehicle trailing, not right on the tail. Could that be the case with this second van? Uh, that, yes, that would make total sense, because when you do the ramming attack, very often you'll crash into something, or if you see something you want to hit where people are gathering, like a restaurant or something, then the vehicle can go flying in there, and then somewhere it, you, you get into another vehicle in order to get to the next location. Um, there, there are some reports saying that a possible suspect has been arrested, but I only saw that in one source. I'm not seeing that 
being reported um, everywhere. Um, so details are sketchy. I, w- I wouldn't anything uh, reports of one guy being arrested. Um, I wouldn't go to the bank with that. Um, but I'm just giving you the updates as they come in on my phone. Um, but o- overall, they, to connect this to what happened in Charlottesville, I, I think it's Im- important to point out that uh, the problems that you're seeing in the U.S., where you have these different extremes rising, many times worse in Europe, many times worse. And so when something like this happens, uh, yes, you have the possibility of follow-on attacks by jihadists, but you also have the possibility of reciprocal uh, attacks uh, from extremists that either hate Muslims or just hate everybody, like Nazis and KKK types um, in Europe, which are plentiful there. Um, so it seems like with every all the attention on what happened in Charlottesville, that does cross over the water into Europe, um, and you have multiple groups that are looking at events like this as moments and opportunities for them to also make their mark. Well, one of the things, and and we're talking with Ryan Morrow from the, he's from the Clarion Project, the National Security Analyst. One of the things, Ryan, that strikes me is in this situation, I tend to believe the only thing these two incidents have in common, meaning Charlottesville and Barcelona, is that there were four wheels on the vehicle that was used to uh, kill people. And in the in the case here. Well, let's face it. Islamic terrorists say get a bomb first. If you can't get a bomb, get a gun. If you can't get a gun, get a knife. If you can't get a knife, get a car or a truck. And this this can be planned in a day. Can it not? You can say, hey, let's let's carry out our plan. All we need is a truck. So it is it's a convenient method of attacking to to put it in. uh, I don't want to even put it in simple terms, but, yeah, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah, it's very easy to do, and what we see oftentimes, I've seen this happen a number of times in the U.S., where if you look at the transcripts of when the FBI is looking at the conversations an ISIS suspect is having, uh, there will be plans for a bigger attack, but then they're they're nervous because they're still human beings, and they'll reach a point where even before they're fully prepared for this larger, more grand attack, uh, they say they wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm I'm feeling really enthusiastic about doing it. I can't wait anymore, and they'll just go out and do something, so and and give minimal notice or no notice to those that they were working with on the larger plot, uh, and that's the reason is because. Um, it, they're, yes, they want to make the highest number of casualties, uh, but it's primarily motivated by selfishness. Uh, they want to earn their ticket to paradise, um, and they are worried that they're going to get arrested before having the opportunity to die in violent jihad, or they're worried that they're going to chicken out. And so sometimes what will happen is that you'll have an actual cell pl- plotting something big, but then an individual member will just wake up one day and say, I can't wait anymore and I just got to go and try something today, um, and then the attack fails, or, or they do it, and it's not as successful. Um, the other pattern to look for is almost every single time an attack like this happens, it turns out that the terror suspects were on our radar, hmm. uh, and, and that's because we gather a lot of intelligence. Um, these guys don't come out of nowhere. Usually they do things that puts them in a database at some point. They've been arrested before. Uh, We've intercepted communications. But we haven't had the ability to prosecute them. Or other people, and I'm speaking for European intelligence services as well, 
um, or other suspects appear to be more imminent of a threat. And so the guy that actually carries out an attack was considered a medium-tier or low-tier threat just because you were dealing with other people that were talking about setting off a bomb the next day. Um, Mm. So so I would predict, if I had to gamble, that in the next day or so, you're going to hear outrage as people learn that the perpetrators of this attack were already in a database, maybe had surveillance on them, and your average viewer of the media assumes that that's all we need in order to stop an attack, and it's actually much more difficult than that. Yeah, I've heard from the French authorities and the British authorities in the past, we have all these people on our radar we just don't have enough manpower to be watching them every single day. And that's the problem. You have to be right every time. And these guys just have to be right the one day they decide to act. Ryan Morrow, thank you so much. Uh, I hope uh, I hope you'll stay in touch if anything else breaks and let us know. Definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. He's with the Clarion Project. If you didn't know that, he's been on with us before, and we appreciate him squeezing us into his schedule to talk about this uh, horrific situation. Boy, oh boy. You just never know. And it it is the reality that we have a lot of these people on our radar. We know who they are. Law enforcement here and overseas knows who these people are. But we just don't have all the resources, nor do we want to become that police state monitoring everything, do we? The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.